further ado, I'd like to call upon our teacher and Sheikh, Sheikh Ibrahim Madani, uh, who is a senior teacher of Hadith and Tafsir over the past two decades. We will be delivering the uh, subject matter uh, regarding uh, the Jal. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, الذي هدى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على سيد الرسل وخاتم الأنبياء وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين اجتبى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يقترب للناس حسابهم وهم في غفلة معرضون ما يأتيهم من ذكر من ربهم محدث إلا استمعوه وهم يلعبون لاهية قلوبهم وأسر نجوى الذين ظلموا هل هذا إلا بشر مثلكم أفتأتون السحر وأنتم تبصرون صدق الله العظيم We have been hearing about different fitnas that would be coming before the day of Qiyamah. And many signs through which we could recognize that the day of Qiyamah and the final hour is very close. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us all of those details so that we can prepare ourselves for that time. Because it's an hour, it's a time of our life that each and every one of us has to face. We all will be standing there on the day of Qiyamah. No one can escape that day. The difference is, on that day, some people will be told that لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. You don't have no fear. You don't have to grieve about anything. And others, they will be treated like mujrimin, like criminals. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had been warning us about that day so that we can make sure. We are not standing with criminals on that day. So many fitnas will be coming, and we see all many of those fitnas around us. Every day, you hear about a new fitna coming in the, into the ummah, and we see so many different types of fitnas also. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that there will be fitnas yusbihu ar-rajlu fiha mu'minan wa yumsi kafiran. A person will be mu'min in the morning, disbeliever in the evening. 
You will meet a person who would be a mu'min in the evening, next morning, when you talk to this person, he's talking kufr. There will be fitnas about which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, large group of people will leave Islam all together. It won't be just individuals. And we see so many of them among us. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he described these fitnas, he said the worst of these fitnas, the worst fitna that people would ever see from the time of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam till the day of Qiyamah will be the fitna of Dajjal. There won't be any fitna worse than that. Imagine if we have that fitna when people will get into disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will go towards kufr and large groups of people are getting into kufr and now we are saying there is a fitna worse than that fitna. What would be Why the Jal's fitna is considered to be the worst of those fitnas? What is this Dajjal? Where is Dajjal? What is he going to do to us so that we know it ahead of time and we can protect ourselves against him? In simple words, we need to learn the way safeguarding ourselves and protecting ourselves against the fitna of Dajjal. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came as rahmatun lil alameen. Of course, if he was rahmatun lil alameen, he was even a greater rahma for his ummah. His rahma for the whole universe. And he's the greater, he's such a rahma for this ummah that did not leave anything that could be misleading us without explaining the details of it. And especially when it comes to the fitnah of Dajjal. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went in so much detail explaining this fitnah. And when we look at the hadith, we can see that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at so many occasions will give a whole khutbah about Dajjal. In some occasions he gave a khutbah. Then he would give another khutbah. Then he would give a third khutbah. Then he would make a special announcement for people to get together so I can inform you more about the judge. But this is worried about the fitna of the judge. Unfortunately, nowadays, we are so impressed with our modern science that we try to look everything from that angle. Everything to us is our science. And therefore, we look at the eye of Quran. How could this eye be explained according to our science? And then we'll say, yeah, this is the explanation of this eye. We take a hadith. We cannot understand the meaning of the hadith and the application of hadith because it's ghayb. It's something we have to believe it. But then, we'll say, no, no, I can understand it. And then we'll take some examples of the signs and say, this is what this hadith means. As if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, through all these hadith, was only explaining the modern science to us. Remember, all of
of these stories that we have been talking about are considered part of the ghayb. That only wahi could inform us about it, otherwise we have no way of knowing these things. And once we know it through the wahi, so we have to understand it according to the wahi. We cannot change it. For many people these days, the jail is not a person anymore. The jail is a system. And then they would try to apply all the ahadith of the jail on certain systems. Whatever that system is. But insha'Allah, as we will study only few ahadith out of hundreds of ahadith that are there in the books of ahadith and tafasir. As we will go through few ahadith, we will realize that the jail is a person. Our human being. And the jail, although, will bring, bring the whole system with him, but we can never deny that finally that person would come who would be known as Al-Masih Al-Dajjal. When people apply these hadith to the system, then everything becomes symbolic. That you know, this hadith means this. This hadith means this. Because hadith talk about a person. One eye blind. Oh yeah, yeah. This system is one eye blind. Has only worldly life to it and does not have any spiritual part to it. So it's one eye blind. Everything becomes symbolic. There is no need to go into all this. When Rasulullah is specifically is describing the person, then describing his fitness separately. Yes, it is a fact that this fitna have started. And this fitna is coming in many different ways. As one of the hadith says, Rasulullah said, every fitna that comes to any person in this world, it's preparing the path for the jah. So these fitnas are leading to the fitna of the jah. The whole thing is dajjal. What does dajjal mean? Dajjal means to mix up the haqq and batil, the truth and falsehood, in such a way that people would be confused about it and they wouldn't know what is right and what is wrong. That will be the base of the fitna of the jah. Mixing up the haqq and batil. And he would be called Masih also, as many hadiths describe him as Al-Masih. For many different reasons, and two reasons that are very strong about this name, one is because one of his eye is not there, which means his one eye blind. We'll read this in the hadith, but let me just clarify this point. Many times people think one eye means he will have one eye in the middle of his head. Then the picture of shaitan and the jal, all of these things like something with one eye, two horns. That is the jal, that is shaitan. But no, he will not have no horns. He will have, he will be a human being again and again in this life. And he will have both the eyes in place, but he will be one eye blind. And therefore, masaha is to wipe over something as something is wiped over his eye and Therefore, he's called Masih. The other reason is called Masih because Masih means to wipe over something, to go over something. He will go over the whole world within 40 days. That will be his feet. 
within 40 days, you will go over the whole world. Just like you do masah on your head, you do masah on your hook, on your leather socks. This is how he will wipe and he will go over the whole world within 40 days. Therefore, this holds and the Messiah. Imam Ibn Khuzayma rahimahullah in his Sahih. Imam Hakim rahimahullah in his Mustadrak. I've narrated the Hadith on the authority of Abu Umama al-Bajiri radiyallahu anhu. Who says, once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us a khutbah. فَكَانَ أَكْثَرُ خُطْبَتِهِ حَدِيثًا حَدَّثَنَاهُ عَنِ الدَّجَّالِ his whole khutbah was about the Dajjal, and that was the maximum information he gave us about the Dajjal. He gave a whole lecture, whole khutbah, a long khutbah about the Dajjal, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam revealed a lot of information about the Dajjal. But he started his talk with, فَكَانَ مِنْ قَوْلِهِ أَنَّهُ قَالَ Abu Mama says, I'm not reading the whole hadith. But I'm reading certain passages of that hadith. This is what Abu Umama is telling us. So he says, one of the things he told us at the beginning of his khutbah, he said, لَمْ تَكُنْ فِتْنَةٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُنْذُ ذَرَعَ اللَّهُ آدَمُ أَعْزَمَ مِنْ فِتْنَةِ الدَّجَّالِ There was no fitna on the surface of this earth worse than the fitna of Dajjal. And he says, it's not, I'm not only talking about the modern history. From the time of Adam alayhi salatu wassalam, there was no fitna worse than the fitna of Dajjal. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يُبْعَثْ نَبِيٌ قَطُّ إِلَّا حَذَّرَ أُمَّتَهِ Every prophet of Allah warned his ummah against the fitna of Dajjal. وَأَنَا آخِرُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَأَنْتُمْ آخِرُ الْأُمَمِ I'm the last of the anbiya, you are the last of the ummas, therefore I can guarantee you that it's coming amongst you. He said, it's such a fitna that every prophet of Allah had been warning his ummah against the fitna of the jah. Hearing this, Sahaba Ridwanullah said as follows. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to go out to fulfill some natal call and came back and saw them crying. Said, ma zalikum? What's the matter? He said, Ya Rasulullah, you told us about the Jal. And he gave us so, so much information about him that it feels like he's coming any time right now. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, In yakhruj wa ana bayna zahranikum fa ana hadithun lakum min asmaliyah. Subhanallah. If he comes while I'm alive, I'll take care of everything. You, need, you don't need to worry about anything. But, وَإِنْ يَخْرُجْ بَعْدِي فَكُلُّ مْرِئٍ حَجِيجُ نَفْسِي وَاللَّهُ خَنِيفَتِي عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمِينَ If he comes after me, then you will have to take care of yourself, but Allah will be your helper. Allah will help you. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went into the details of describing the jal. First thing he said, he would come from an area between Sham, Syria, and Iraq. Some hadith say he would come from an area called Isfahan. Some say he would come from an area called Khurasan, which means this hadith is better describing that he will come from an area that will be between Sham and Iraq. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, once he will come out, وشمالاً, he will go right and left committing mischief. Ya ibadallahi fathbutu, ya ibadallahi fathbutu, ya ibadallahi fathbutu. O servants of Allah, be firm on your iman. O servants of Allah, be firm on your iman. Be firm on your belief. Don't give in to this dajjal. He will be committing mischief right and left. Be firm. The only thing that would save you at that time will be your iman. Nothing else. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then he said to Sahaba radhiallahu alayhi wa sallam inni sa'asifuhu lakum sifatan lam yasifha nabiyyun qabli qab. I will describe him to you in such a way that no prophet ever described him this way. Now we run into the details. He will stand his claim with claiming to be a prophet. First thing, he would stand up with making this claim that, uh, that I'm a prophet of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, you know that there is no prophet after him. Then, after that, he would claim to be the Lord. In another hadith, Rasulullah said, once he will claim the Nabuwa, all the Muslims will go away from him because they know there is no prophet after Rasulullah. So what he will see Muslims, he will say to Muslims, come, let me show you something. He would come to a river that doesn't have too much water. We'll say to the river, it starts flowing. And people will see the river, it starts flowing and water is gushing out of it. Then he will say to the river, stop flowing. And it will stop right there. Once people will see this, Many of those who are claiming to be Muslims, but they are not firm in their iman, they will start trusting him. The least is, people will get in doubt about his situation. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he would say, Ana rabbukum. Now he would see that people are impressed, so he will say, Ana rabbukum. I am your Lord. Then Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is warning us, but she know this is your iman, should be firm on your iman, you can never see your Rabb in this world. So if he's standing in front of you and he says, I'm your Rabb, then how could he be a Rabb? He would have kafara written between his eyes. In other narration, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam just said the whole word, kafir. Yaqra'uhu kullu mu'min. Every mu'min, every believer will be able to read it. This believer won't be able to read it. The question is, how about people who are from desert, illiterate people, don't know how to read the language? Yaqra'uhu kullu mu'min. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whether the person knows how to read or write or does not know his illiterate, through his iman will be able to read it. That tells us 
that many of those who don't know how to read and write will be able to read it, and many of those who are good writers, they would not be able to read it. You need the nur of Iman to read. Without the nur of Iman, people won't be able to read that kafir on his forehead. And if people, whoever will read the kafir, will recognize him that this is Bidjah. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Shayateen will come to him. Shayateen will say that we are at your disposal. Tell us what you want us to do and we'll do it. So he would spread Shayateen all around the world to convince people that Lord came in the form of a human being. What about it? People who could believe this aqeedah who could be impressed with this aqeedah that God can be seen in this world and people can see God with their own naked eyes and he could come in the different forms, those people will take that belief and they will go by it. People of Iman, who are firm in their aqeedah and their Iman and their belief, they will know that it cannot be. But Prophet ﷺ told us, the problem would be, he would come at a time when people will have no value of deen. Deen will be the least valuable thing to people. This is when he will come out. When people will have no value of his deen. And have no knowledge of deen. To that extent, in most of the towns, most of the cities, there won't be no one to, to argue with him and to be able to answer his question. He would go and talk to every person, and especially he would target the scholars. Because if he defeats the scholar of the town, if he defeats the imam of the town, then everyone else will follow him easily. But Prophet said, most of the learned people of the town won't even be able to talk to him. And therefore, general public, public will be impressed by his proof and his way of presenting his proof. It will be a time when generally people won't even talk about him. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah have written in his Muslim on the authority of Sahabi known as As-Sa'ad ibn al-Jathama radiyallahu anhu who says, Sama'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, I myself heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, La yakhruju al-Dajjal hatta yadhalu al-Nasu al-Dikri. Dajjal will not come until a time would be that people would not talk about him anymore to the extent hatta tatrut al-A'imma to dhikrahu alil manabir. That in those days, A'imma, Imams, won't mention Dajjal on the member. Prophet every some time warning the Ummah. How come you and me don't know anything about him? God forbid, if he comes tomorrow, are we prepared? Are we ready? Do we know how to tackle him? Do we know how to recognize him? To know that he is the fitna? Imma will not mention him in the Monday member. And unfortunately, we see the ones who talk about him, 
they try to change the hadith in such a way that it's all symbolic. So no more, don't worry about the jazz. It's all the system over there. You stay at your home, don't worry about that. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَإِنَّ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ يَتَّبِعُهُ الْأَعْرَابُ وَالْنِسَاءِ Majority of his followers will be the villagers and women. To the extent, حَتَّى إِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَا يَرِدُ عَلَىٰ أُمِّهِ وَبِنْتِهِ وَأُخْتِهِ A person would go to his home to see his mother, his daughter, his sister, and he would tie them up with the fear that they would leave home any time and join the jazz. One eye thing that replaced our Quran, that replaced the Musalla where our grandmothers used to sit with the Tbih, with the Book of Dua, with the books of, uh, of uh, different types of books of Deen. Everyone knew that when you go home, you will see grandma sitting in that corner and she's praying at this time. Now you know that grandma is sitting there watching TV. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَإِنَّ مِنْ فِتْنَةِ أَنَّ مَعْهُ جَنَّةٍ وَنَعَرٍ One of his fitna is, he would show people paradise and he would show people hellfire. He would show people, people would see with their eye that there is jannah and there is now, there is fire here. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, you must have iman in me and trust me of what I'm telling you. Don't go by what the Jal is showing you. His paradise is fire, his fire is paradise. How strong and firm of Iman they need. To be able to believe in that, that I see the fire in front of me in front of me. And now I remember the hadith that no, this is not fire, this is the paradise. And that is the fire that seems like a paradise on the other side. The hadith in Sahih Muslim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَأَنَا أَعْلَمُ بِمَا مَعَ الدَّجَّالِ بِمَا هُوَ مَعَهُ I know better of what Dajjal has than he knows himself. I know it better. I have better information of what he has than the information that he has. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, يَرِدُ مَعَهُ نَحْرَانِ he would come, he would show you two rivers. One of them, ma'un One of them you would see that it's nice clean water and you see it with your naked eyes. And the other one, ma'un The other one is all fire and you see it with your naked eyes that it's all fire. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he will invite people to believe in him as a God. And if you say, he will say that if you don't believe in me, I will throw you in my fire. If you believe, you'll go to my paradise. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now, he's warning us. Look at the wordings of the Nabuwa. If you see this, he said, He says, believe me, have you man in me. When you see that fire, close your eyes, put your head down, and get into that river of fire, you will be in paradise. Look at the detailed instructions. He may be scared. Close your eyes. Put your head down and just get into the one that he's saying this is a fire. 
الله سبحانه وتعالى إن القرآن يمحق الله الربا ويبدأ الله تبارك Finally, 
when he would go to Medina, and the hadith, the portion of the hadith will come that he won't be able to enter Medina Munawwara, but a young man will come out of Medina, and that young man will approach the judge. And will say that I don't believe that you are God. Because he will have a lot of followers around him. He would challenge him. In the presence of all of those people, he will say, I don't believe that you could be God. You are our. You are one eye blind. I can see kafir on your forehead. You can never be God. You are Al-Masih the Jal. You are the Jal. We'll tell him on his face. The Jal will cut this person into two pieces. And to make sure that people have seen and believe that he's in two pieces, he would walk between the two pieces. Then he would bring the person back. Now he would say to the person, now do you believe that I'm your Lord? This person will say, now I'm even more confident that you can never be the Lord. Look at the Imam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that person would be on the highest status of Jannah in Arabic Ummah. That person will be on the highest status of Jannah out of the Ummah. Who? That Madani from Medina Munawwar. After this, the Jal will approach people, group of Muslims. He will ask them to believe, they will reject him. He will show, he will say, I'll show you the sign of me being dropped. He will ask the skies to rain, and it will start raining. He will ask the earth to bring out all the treasures, and all the treasures will come out. For what else do we need people like this? Who's running after dunya day and night? Really, I'm so impressed with this dunya that dunya is everything. I see all the treasures that are coming out and it's telling me all of this is for you if you believe in me. A sahabi said, What happened? He says, Ya Rasulullah, if he brings out so many treasures, to convince us that he is rough. It won't be easy for us to refute that. Because sometimes I'm at home performing salah and my wife is preparing the food. When I smell food, it's difficult for me to continue with my salah. If a piece of bread is taking me away from salah, how about all of the treasures? Tomorrow. Really, when these simple things are keeping us away and we know it for eight hours, eight hours, eight dollars an hour, a person is missing Jumai, missing all the prayers. Major one confused much more. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yabqa shaykum min al ard illa wa he will travel all around the world except Makkah and Medina. He will not be able to enter Makkah and Medina. But once he would go to Medina Munawwara, angels will be standing at the doors of Medina and will stop him from entering Medina Munawwara. At that time, 
under the command of Imam Mahdi, rahmatullahi ta'ala. Once they would come there, they would gather around Imam Mahdi, and Imam Mahdi would lead the prayer, Isa alayhi salatu wa salam would come down. From there on, after the prayer, Isa alayhi salatu wa salam would take the command. As soon as they would open the door of the masjid, they would see the jail standing in front of them. Imam Isa alayhi salatu wa salam would say to people, don't worry about him. Open the door. Let us deal with him. He went into so much detail to tell us all of this. Why? Just to make sure that we don't, we don't lose our faith or our iman. If you look, what is the bottom line of a fitna? What the fitna is all about? It's about turning people from Islam. Turning people from Islam. Turning people from Allah and His Messenger, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once, he approached the Sahaba Rizwanullah alayhi wa sallam in the afternoon, at a time when he used to rest. And he sent someone to make this announcement, As-salatu jami'ah, as-salatu jami'ah. This was the normal habit in those days, that if there was something very important, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would send the Sahaba to gather people with this announcement, As-salatu jami'ah, which means everyone make sure you attend the salah in the masjid of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for the next salah that is coming. So if the announcement is before Dhuhr, which means in salat al-Dhuhr, everyone should be in the masjid. If the announcement is before Asr, then everyone should be in the masjid for Asr. So people heard that announcement. Asahabiyya. His name is Fatwa bin Qutais radiallahu anhu. She raised the hadith which is in Sahih Muslim. When we heard that announcement, we all went out. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Atadruna lima jama'atakum? Do you know why I have gathered all of you? He said, no, Ya Rasulullah, sir. He said, have anyone met Tamim al-Dari? Yes, Ya Rasulullah, some of us, we have met Tamim al-Dari. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, this is why I have gathered you people. Tamim al-Dari just came. And he was a Christian, accepted Islam. And then he told me his story. That was exactly the same thing that I have been telling you people about the Jal. And therefore, I thought I should share this with all of you. That would show you that everything that I have been telling you is there word by word. Then Rasulullah explained himself the story of Stamim al-Dari. This is an amazing hadith about which people say, Muhaddisin have said, that every hadith, Prophet would utter the words and then Sahabi will narrate it. Here Sahabi will say it and Prophet is narrating it. This is the only hadith. Sahabi said it, he mentioned it, and Prophet narrated it. Rasulullah said, Tamim al-Dari just informed me. He was in a ship with 30 people of two different clans, Lakham and Jazam. They were in a ship, Tamim al-Dari informed me that all of a sudden, they had a tornado over there, and heavy wind started blowing their ship away 
for 30 days. For 30 days, their ship was blown away towards the west. Tamim al-Ghali Finally, we saw an island. So, we got the small boats around the ship. We got into those boats and went into the island. Once we got into the island, Tamim al-Dari says, that at that time we saw an animal. That animal was covered. Back and front was covered with hair. So we went to that animal and we said, Ma anta? Who are you? What are you? The animal said, Ana, Ana Jassasa. My name is Jassasa. What is Jassasa? Jassasa. The one who is professional in astronomy. I'm Jassasa. Which means, I keep all the data information here. All the computers, data center, hard drive, everything is over here with me. I keep all the records of every person, individuals and organizations. And I'm just said, He told her, that tell us something about yourself. She said, Ayyuh al Oh people, leave me alone. Go away, go away. I don't want to talk to you. Go towards the end of the island. You will see a man over there. Talk to him. He's very interesting in knowing about you. He's interested in having your news. I have no interest. I don't want to talk to you guys. says, when she said, when that animal said that, go to that man, we got scared of this animal because that simply means it's not out of human beings. Something else. Could be jinni or could be something. So we thought, we'll better leave this place right away. So we went there and we found a man. A huge person that was tied up in chains. His hands were tied up with his neck. And his knee all the way to his ankles were all chains. There were chains all around him. And we asked him, who are you? He said, you will know my information soon. I will tell you everything about, my, about myself, but tell me who you are. We said, We are from Arabia. Our story was we were in the ship, and then for 30 days, the wind kept on blowing our ship, and finally we ended up being over here. And then we went to Jassasa, who told us to come to you over here. They said, I want to ask you two questions. What would you, what would you like to know? Tell me about the farm and the gardening area of Baysan, an area around Palestine. Tell me something about it. So he said, What would you like to know about that place? He said, Is, the, uh, is it producing fruit? Uh, is it still producing the fruit? He said, Yes. He said, Soon a time will come when it will not produce any fruit. Then he asked, Tell me something about the lake Galali. Of, is there any water in it? We said, yes, there is, and it's really flowing. Water is flowing, gushing out of it. He said, soon a time will come when it will start going down. And really, nowadays, if you watch it, you will see that 
is what is really complaining about having a lot of lack of water in the country because of not having water, enough water in there. Then that person asked us, there was a fountain of water called Zuhar around the area of Syria, between Syria, uh, Jordan and uh, Palestine. Tell me something about it. We said, yes, still, there is a lot of water from there. They said, soon that will dry up too. Tell me about that prophet who would be who was supposed to come among the illiterate people. Is he there? They said, yes, he's out. He was in Mecca and then he went to Medina Munawara. He went to Yathrib. So he asked, did the Arabs fall against him? We said, yes. What did he do to them? They said, he had a victory over all of them. He took over all of the land and now he is ruling that their land. He said, it was better for them to obey him, but it's good that they ought to go. It was better for them to obey him, but it's good that they go. Then he said, I'm the Jal. I'm the Jal, soon I will be allowed by Allah to come out, and I will travel all around the world, and I will make sure that people will believe in me as, uh, as the Rabb, I will turn every person away from the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the Jab said at the time, I won't be able to enter Mecca and Medina. Upon raping this Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was holding the stick in his hand. He hit the member with the stick. He said, This is the pure place. This is the pure place. This is the pure place. The Jab won't be allowed to come in here. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives us all of this detail about the Dajjal. Insha'Allah, in our next session, we will summarize the signs of the Dajjal. Number two, we need to summarize the fitness of the Dajjal. And number three, we need to know the way of protecting ourselves against the fitna of the Dajjal that is already Described in detail in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Insha'Allah, we'll go over these three topics in our next session. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us against all the fitnas, and especially against the fitna of the jal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us the true iman that will protect us against every fitna that is taking people away from the deen of Allah. May Allah keep us connected to himself subhanahu wa ta'ala and to his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to his deen until the day when we face Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and we get the water from the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the fountain of Tawbah aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah alayhi wa sallam wa nisa'i al-muslimin wa al-muslimat wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah